0: All right, today we're going to remind ourselves what the Bible has to say about hardships. And hardships isn't something that we talk about a lot. I don't think it's something that we do really well in America. And, um, but the Bible has a lot to say about hardships. And as I was uh, going through this, There was scripture that just kind of confronted some things that I had preconceived thoughts that I had, or things that I, you know, you pick up and you learn along the way. And so there was a lot of like coming to head, and I would talk with Jonathan about it, and I'm like, well, what about this? And I'm like following this trail, and I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just sticking to what we do know, which means we're doing lots of heavy scripture today. So we're going to be doing a lot of scripture today and letting the scripture speak for itself. And I'm still going to be talking some too, but but it's going to be a lot of scripture today. And, um, you know, that's part of living our life with Christ is that we're always learning, you know, and we're learning, um we're getting new revelations in him as we're, reading the scripture, and we're wrestling with the scripture, and we're kind of, well, this is what I thought, but this is what it says, and how does, you know, like, shift that in me, so I'm still shifting in some of this, too, but, um, and, oh, I also wanted to say, for those of you uh, that are visiting today, um, my name is Tabitha Carlisle, I'm one of a five-pastor team here at our church, and uh, so there's five of us, and we rotate, so um, I'm... Just so you know, my name is Tabitha. Um So, take a moment and think about you know, we all go through hard times. Think about something that was um, hard or difficult, situation that you went through, you know, this last week. Um, maybe you go through the same struggle and difficulty every week. Sorry, I keep. <laughs> Don't mean to. I'm a mess. Um, so let's start with Mark chapter eight, verse 34 to 35, and this is Jesus talking here. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. And so I hope that we all want to be Jesus' disciples. and um, what must we do to be His disciples? We need to take up our cross, we need to deny ourselves and uh, be willing to lose our life for Jesus and the gospel. Uh, Jesus is upfront with people, and he's letting them know that following Him has a cost. And in John chapter 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples about the persecution that is coming to them after he leaves to be with the Father. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So Jesus has overcome the world. Uh, our victory in Jesus doesn't mean that we will have a change in our hardship here on earth, but we will have an eternally better situation. And that is where our hope is. We hope that, you know, we'll have healing. That may not happen, but we still have that hope that we will. But our ultimate hope is that we will be with Jesus beyond, um, beyond here. In Luke 22, verse 31 to 32, Jesus tells Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Right here, this caught me, first of all, because I was always just thinking that Satan has asked to sift Simon, but he's asked to sift all of you. He's, all of the disciples are there. This is when they're in the upper room, um, last supper. And... Um, So satan has asked to sift all of them as wheat and jesus says but I have prayed for you simon That your faith may not fail and when you have turned back strengthen your brothers So what I want to emphasize here is that jesus didn't pray That his disciples wouldn't be tested. He prayed that their faith wouldn't fail and um Peter needed to be tested. He was a different man after his testing. He needed to be prepared to lead the church and to lay down his life for the gospel, which he ultimately did. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. In Romans 5, verse 3 to 5, Peter says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So Peter and the other disciples needed to be mature and complete in order to carry forth the gospel after Jesus was gone. And we also need to be mature and complete. And God wants a people to be that are mature and of good character And we see people all throughout the church at large um, that are not of good character. And more and more lately, things are being, the Holy Spirit is exposing people that are not of good character in the church. And um, there's abuse of all kinds, and there's theft and deceit. And all of this affects the body of Christ. And others who are not mature in Christ may turn away from Jesus because of the actions of people that claim to follow Jesus. And so we need to be sifted. We need to be sifted. We need these hardships so that we can persevere to maturity in Christ and have a healthy body of believers that is a radiant bride, that people would see God's glory shining from us and they would see something radically different in us that draws them to the Lord. So we need that. Hebrews 12, to 11 is a long one. and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone who accepts he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers that disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. I want to read that again. In order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And Revelations 3.19 goes right with that. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. There's a lot in those verses. (laughs) And I know we're cruising through and we have a lot of verses and I'm not sticking on one section of passage. I just want you to, to get all of that. You know how that much the Bible really talks about this. Um, so let's fix our eyes on Jesus and remember that uh, what he endured, uh, he's no stranger to rejection and pain. We need to endure hardship as discipline because God is treating us as his children. And he does not want us to be wild and unruly he wants to discipline us so that we may share in his holiness. We want that harvest of righteousness and peace. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. James 1, 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So, um, as I said before, in America we don't do hardships very well, and we try to do everything we can to avoid hardships. Which, in some ways, is natural. We don't like things to hurt, you know. Um, but uh, I honestly think that America needs a good dose of hardship. And uh, you might be thinking, no, you know, because I've heard this. No, we need Holy Spirit to bring revival. We need to be walking in signs and wonders and miracles. And I agree with that. But if we don't have good character, I don't think that the Lord is going to give that to us. Because we need to be able to steward that well, or we're going to do more damage to the name of the Lord than if we continue without signs and wonders and miracles. Um, So uh, when we see revival break out, is always for a time and I'm sure there's many reasons why it doesn't last um, sometimes it's people that get in the way of what God is doing and I think sometimes it's a reminder of what will be or what could be uh, if we are people of good character passionately pursuing God with abandon and that we aren't going to abuse people or dishonor Jesus with what he's given us so that hardship is important so that we can steward that well um, because we want that to happen, Romans twelve eleven to twelve never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Um, so i've been thinking about hardships for a while now and kind of working through this, and I've been wondering why the church is growing so quickly in countries where there's persecution of Christians in in America, a country where we have freedom of religion, many are leaving the church, and some are turning away from Jesus altogether. And I was reading through 2 Corinthians recently, and that's kind of what led me to talk about this more today. The Apostle Paul has a lot to say about hardships. So in 2 Corinthians, he's defending himself um, to the church in Corinth, because there's a a lot of people coming in and deceiving them, people that are putting down the, uh, the true apostles. And so Paul is just kind of speaking, speaking a lot of truth to them and telling them what they've been going through for the gospel. So I'm going to read through some of these, um, some of these passages. Second Corinthians one, eight to 11. and we and he will deliver us again on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many so just so you know i'm not praying for hardship in my life i'm not saying lord please give me a great sickness so that I can suffer for your name um, I don't you know but I am praying for maturity and that comes with hardness hardship you know it's like when you pray for patience then you're gonna get some things in your life that are going to cause you to grow in patience <laughs> you know that's um, some struggles so um, I don't always know the balance of prayer um, as we pray for people overseas that are going through physical persecution, um, you know, as we as we talk about this. Um, so as I pray for persecuted Christians, um, like in Mozambique, I pray that the oppression would stop, that God would protect the Christians there, and that their faith would not fail if the sword comes to them. Um, so we don't want that to happen. We want them to be free, but we also want to pray that their faith would not fail. And pray for the same for us. And uh, when we read what Paul went through, we can imagine what the persecuted Christians around the world are going through today. Because these things that we're going to read about, that Paul is going through, um, there's many that are going through the same thing, which is crazy. Um, 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 33. Are they servants of Christ, I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. That is terrifying to me night and the day just floating in the open sea. I mean, all of it's horrible, but that is also horrible. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and I've gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Sorry, I forgot to switch that. Mm -hmm. Acts 14, 19-22. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. So he was stoned, drug outside the city. They thought he was dead. He may have been dead. And as they prayed, that he was raised back to life. And then he got up and he kept on moving. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. I'll read that again. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Second Corinthians 4, 8-11. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, and this is Paul, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The Lord's power is made perfect in my weakness. That's amazing. (laughs) Because so much we don't want to be weak. And the Lord's power is made perfect in our weakness. Our weaknesses and hardships provide the occasion for God's power to triumph. So we delight in those hardships. We rejoice and praise God for what he's doing in those hardships. But what about hardships that wound us and make us grieve? What about illnesses um, or the sickness of a loved one. I've thought a lot about that, and the only answer I have is Jesus. Uh, There will always be hardships and loss until we are with Jesus, and I don't know why some are healed and some aren't, why some struggle their whole life and others seem to have it easy, but I do think that leads us back to hardships maturing us so we can walk in the power signs and wonders that the Bible says the Holy Spirit has for us So through us God will heal those loved ones and bring the loss into relationship with him And as we walk through these hardships, we need to remember that God is bringing us peace and comfort 2nd Corinthians 1 3 to 5 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So because of the comfort God gives us, we are able to comfort others. 2 Corinthians four sixteen 16-18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, on the hardships and we kept our eyes focused on jesus we praise him we love him we trust him with our life we thank him for what he's doing in us during this time of hardship and the maturity that comes with it and uh, remember that following jesus is not easy and anyone that tells you that it is is trying to sell you something Whenever we tell some, you know, if you tell somebody, come to Jesus, we want you to be saved, all your troubles will go away. That's not true, but we will have peace, and we have, you know, him, we have his love, we have his peace to help us through the hardships of this world that aren't going to end until we're with Jesus. So, if we lose our life, then it's gain, because we'll finally be with Jesus. Philippians 4, 4-7. to And in addition to your petition, which is what we often do in bringing our things to the Lord, remember to give thanks to the Lord. And I think that that thanks is what shifts things. And I know I've talked about that before, but it really is. When we can fix our eyes on Jesus and we're giving thanks for his goodness and for what he's doing in this situation, it changes our focus. It changes it shifts our eyes to being on Jesus instead of the hardship. So, endure hardship, pray for our brothers and sisters, and that is all I have today, so let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord. And we thank you for what you're doing around the world. We thank you for what you're doing in our life, in our lives. We thank you for hardships. And Lord, it's hard to say thank you for hardships, because honestly, a lot of it, it kind of sucks. But Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in the hardships. We thank you that you're our hope, and that even if we don't see a change in that here, Lord, that this life is so temporary, so fleeting, and so quick, that before we know it, we will be with you. Whether our body, wastes away, comes to its end, Lord, or you come back. And Lord, we look forward to being with you, to being with you in glory when all of these hardships and all the sickness and persecution, decay, it all is gone. And it's just you and your glory and your majesty and all of those wonderful things and glory that we, we, don't, we don't even know, we can't even imagine. But Lord, we look forward to being there with you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.